This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. T. Earl Grey, hot. It's time for a very special episode of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Daniel Pru, surrounded by two wonderful friends. You could even say, in a certain way, brothers. To my left, I'm joined by Mr. Moser himself, and uh, and I have to say, and this is this is truly from the bottom of my heart, of all the souls I've encountered in my travels, his is the most. Darren, Darren, how are you doing? I'm I'm doing good. Uh, what's your name, Philip Daniel? That's right, Daniel. Daniel. <laughs> it's uh, okay. Okay. It's. Uh, right. <laughs> I see. I see. I see. How it's gonna be. All right. That's fine because. It's fine you know, because the, at these reunions, I really we need to start doing name tags. I'm just I'm really <laughs> bad with names. I mean, I can remember anything from Star Trek, but a person's name, that's a little too much. Oh well, well, whatever, whatever. Just look at the cheat sheet on the command chair, and maybe that'll help. Anyways, <laughs> joining me on my right is Philip. Finally, Philip finally showed up, and Philip, I just I have to say. Thanks for coming, but you were always welcome. Really? I mean, because I, I never got an invite. Um, I mean, I just, uh, luckily I saw that Darren had, had uh, accepted the uh, event invite on Facebook, and so it popped up on his uh, feed, so I just you didn't, I just you came. Didn't, I mean, didn't get yeah, the invite? I mean, like, this is like the wedding all over oh. again. Look, I didn't get invited to the wedding. <laughs> I don't get invited to this thing. Um, I feel like there was a finale of Enterprise I was supposed to go to. Never saw that one. Um, <laughs> so there's just nothing. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, I get it, but I'm here. I'm here. I mean, I haven't, have, I haven't felt you, this uninvited since I went to one of uh, uh, Commander, uh, what's his face, uh, Hutch's uh, receptions. Hutchinson's. Do you have like a like a PO box or something? Maybe you just forget to check it. Or? Well, you know, it's a penalty box. Yeah. Well, with the subspace delivery, it's just not what it used to be. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, so we're gonna do a little bit of a different show today. Um, a lot of times in Star Trek, you hear fans talking about, you know, how much they love the characters, and we do. We we all do. We all there's we all have favorite characters uh, uh, from each series and. And obviously, being the TNG show, that's what we're going to focus on here. But but what I wanted to focus on was one aspect of it was the fact that these people kind of become a family. Um, they certainly don't start out that way, and there are uh, bumps along the way. But but essentially, the crew uh, becomes so integrated and and so connected that we can't think of them. Not that we can't think of them as as individual units, but they're part of a whole. Like a, right. like a collective, I mean, we, uh, kind of, yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. You know what we we love data. Saying. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Darren. No, I'm just saying. I see what you're saying. Is if for some reason, let's say season eight came around 
and half but half the cast left it just wouldn't feel the same like it's it's got to be a story with everyone together in some capacity yeah i mean like like say you had someone from the crew after you know uh seven and you know four movies that just suddenly left i mean there's really no reason to have another movie i mean i would just think (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna bring this up because this is one of my favorite scenes ever in tng and we mention it occasionally but like the scene in uh I'm not going to remember the episode, but the scene with Macduff. Conundrum. <laughs> Conundrum, thank you. Is I love that scene so much because, but it also illustrates this point, like, there's just some random dude on the bridge. <laughs> and his name's <laughs> and, Macduff. Uh, it's not, like, I mean, it, it kind of stands out. Yeah. This is and the game we always play on Earl Grey. You just tell us what's in the episode, and then we tell you the, the yeah, title. It's, it's, it's yeah. actually, like, that episode is almost the highlights of star trek it's like circle what's wrong with this picture compared to a picture from the regular bridge you're like is it that there's like a flower pot on tactical is it that you know uh cons facing the wrong way no it's it's like that background extra is starting to get a really close to the camera like he's in like a lot of these oh my gosh he's talking go away go away (laughs) he has a name whoa whoa hey mr extra i don't know what uh contract you think you signed <laughs> they had to adjust the entire plot because this one extra just goes off the rails. <laughs> and he's like, "Look, budgets are tight on television. Like, I'm, getting, I'm getting speaking live. We can't reshoot. We're just gonna have to shoot around this." I told you I'd make it, Ma. <laughs> we and you know you really had to know something was wrong because this guy was a full blown commander. <laughs> Well, <laughs> on the bridge, Michael so. Dorn of playing two around, sitting in was, the captain's chair, like, "Well, we, I guess we got to make him captain for this part of the scene." <laughs> yeah, you're only allowed to be a random person with lines on the Enterprise if you sit in the front left of the of the bridge. That's it. That's the only place. Or, you're or as we learned um, in a uh, commentary that Daniel and I did, and Darren watched like a weirdo, um, that un- or if you mess up a transporter, then you then the whole episode is you. Old Chiefy McChiefy oh, Chief. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he was on. He served on a Earth. ship. What was it though? I can't remember. Anyways, who, but, who are we talking about again? I'm totally lost. <laughs> in, in the in, are you talking about in the next phase, there is uh, an, an a mature uh, uh, chief transporter chief, and she uh, apparently is like throughout the whole episode. Like it's not just like oh I messed up the transporter of Jordy and Roe. It's like she's in every scene. And talks. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I wanted to talk about this concept. And honestly, it's it's funny because, like, I hear, you know, we're, we're big fans of Star Trek just bes- besides doing the show. And, and I know all of us listen to, to doing I don't podcasts. know, Darren, not just- how did you do on the How Star Wars versus How Star Trek quiz? <laughs> uh, I will quote uh, George Takei and William Shatner and say, let's just all get along. <laughs> that sounds like he avoided the question, Daniel. <laughs> it, it, he he put his uh, his uh, cloaking device on just to get out of there for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can go ahead and put. You can add that sound effect in here now. <laughs> we signed oh, that's way that treaty. <laughs> Good faith, Darren. <laughs> you know, so no ship this... that small has a cloaking device. Wait, that's another universe that says that. <laughs> So, you know, this concept uh, of the crew as a family is interesting. And I I think I kind of remember it more a lot of times as a Voyager concept, only because I think Voyager 
expressly states it every other episode, I think. Like, they're always like, we're not it's just like they a had crew. an episode called Family. I mean, that would just be <laughs> on the nose. <laughs> we're not just a crew. We're a family, you know? So we don't get that, that so much By the way, that here. is the worst January uh, I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, no, that wasn't even... I don't even remember who said it. But, yeah, I guess I was kind of doing a Janeway. But I... I'll let I'll maybe Shar can, can call him Shar and ever insert a line right there. <laughs> times up. No, I don't want that line, Shar. Just no, I want this line. <laughs> times up. <laughs> times arrow. That wasn't me being Janeway. That was me being Shar being Janeway. That's okay, why it okay. didn't sound. And that was just me sound. being you being Shar being Janeway. So it's that's totally fine. That's Anyways, that's the new episode title: Me being you being Shar being Janeway. <laughs> wow, this is this is almost like a ship in a bottle. Um, Oh man! Uh, you, you, and uh, you have to add the inception. Wow! wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, so I yeah, I generally think of that more um, a, a lot when I think of Voyager. Just like I said, because it was kind of beaten to our head. But but yes, of course, the TNG unit as a whole is a family. And as I was coming up with this topic and, and trying to figure out a way to structure it, it occurred to me. And this is not an original thought by any stretch of the imagination, but. Um, all of our crew, all of the TNG cast, not cast, all of the TNG uh, characters are damaged goods is not the right way to put it, but have certainly had, have had trouble past. They have a lot of conflict, Daniel. That's what you're trying to <laughs> They do, in fact. Um, uh, and I think like 65% of them are orphans and uh Every single one of them experiences a pretty traumatic family loss inside the show and outside the show. So um, I wanted to actually delve into that because uh, their family lives kind of maybe, and we'll get to this a little bit later, but might be what pushes them towards adopting uh, a better, more stable family uh, on the Enterprise. You're saying it's like Thanksgiving and they're like... Okay, guys, that's uh, we're all gonna you know head our own ways, see our own family, and then they all kind of look at each other, and it's like a beat, and they're like, or we could just all stay here and just have Thanksgiving <laughs> together, and everyone's like, yeah. Other people have families, <laughs> not us. Row, row, row your We're boat. We're the disposable people down the stream. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to go way slower, strum, strum, strum. So, so yeah, I mean. We'll wrap this up at the end. So let's start with actually just breaking it down real quick. Um, let's talk about all of the... Fa- we we have mentioned the, most of these in their respective episodes, but just for recapping purposes, let's talk about the, the crew, right? So Picard, who has presumably lost both of his parents. Uh, we do see we'll his mom. His dad. We, we see his dad? You've disappointed me, Jean-Luc. I always told you this would happen if you joined Starfleet. Wait, what, what episode was that? Oh, of course. Yes, of course, of course, of course. And then we see his mama. Uh, his mom, mama, in the... Where no man has Mima. gone before. Where no man's yes, gone yes, before. Yes, of course, yeah. of course we do. Or is that um, no one? I can't remember. It's where no one has gone before, yeah. Yeah. So he has lost his parents, but he has a curmudgeonly brother. He has daddy issues. Um... He definitely has daddy issues. He was a strict man. Blah, 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 blah. Arms raised in victory. <laughs> uh, actually, you know, but honestly, Picard probably has one of the more stable uh, family relationships. Because, you know, he's he's an older gentleman himself at this point. It's not surprising that his parents are 
are dead, have died. <laughs> He's 200 years old. Okay, I don't think it's... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in a day and age where, you know, Leonard McCoy is living to be 134 uh, or something. 137, according to Starfleet Records. <laughs> Tell me how you pronounce that so accurately, boy. <laughs> I will tell you, because medical technology can keep people alive, and it can also keep them... Uh, what's the word I'm looking What's the family appropriate Not word I'm looking for? No, um, aware, <laughs> you know. Nope. Cognizant. Um, able to procreate. Oh, so it's possible saying. his parents had him later in life. Because, as uh, we fertile see... Fertile is the word you're looking yes, for. Yes, fertile. Thank you, thank you. That's one word that you could use. But as you see, his older brother is actually significantly older than him. you got to assume that he's at least 20 years and older than And speaking of which, um, Robert and his wife have a very young son. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. So Picard could have been Rene's age when his parents had him. And by the time, I guarantee you, if not for an unfortunate sprinkler (laughs) malfunction, if Rene had made it all the way to age 50 or whatever. Too soon. I was thinking about this today. I don't know, it was like... Like that's actually it's like, I I cannot see how they died in a fire. Like in yeah. the twenty fourth century, whoa. you have to remember they Robert did not look. They they no, barely no, got no, a replicator no, no. in there. No, not even that. Not even that. I was thinking about that. Okay, and one I think you would probably have some sort of spray you would just cover everything in that just made it fireproof. Like even if you had like an older house, like they'd have rules of things you would do. But not even that. Let's just say, okay, you know, Renee or someone was playing with, you know, space matches, whatever. Bad, bad They're choice. On Earth. <laughs> uh, Earth matches. The They're on Earth. Earth. Regular Earth matches. <laughs> in, in, a, in a time period with transporters. So literally, the satellite sensor grid pings that there's a fire and the Starfleet fire brigade beams there immediately it's like your response time's a matter of seconds. And I mean, not to saying that it can't take seconds to die in a fire, but it's just like, it, I, I guess it, they were going just more for the traumaticness of it, but definitely not the plausibility. And I'm no expert, but exactly how is fire involved in making wine? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, well, you, um, um, well, you see. Grapes are explosive, uh, <laughs> so that's a thing. No, that's not true. That's not true. But honestly, I mean, he does go through... So in Generations, he goes through this, right? He goes... He loses his brother and his uh, uh, his nephew, and that's really traumatic. But but for the most part, that doesn't affect his character, obviously, because throughout the show, he, they are alive, and so Well, that's I mean, fine. he sort of makes that you know, deleted scene, but it counts, because, you know nemesis um but you know he makes that comment to to data you know about the choices we make you know i've uh, dedicated my life to starfleet chosen not to marry have children choices led me to this life and so he sort of i don't know if he's morose about it but of course if you want to he's reflective but of course if you want to count generations in the nexus maybe he is regretful about it but you know so but anyway yes yeah, and but like so he has like some minor father issues and like he was he was estranged from his estranged from his brother for a time and they you know reconciled and made up and that's a fairly normal family dynamic but we get the the definitely get the sense and and we're told pretty explicitly that Picard has been mo- mostly focused on his career his entire life. 
So he, his family is not to him uh, a big thing, and and that's what makes part. That's partly what makes the end of all good things so. Powerful, it's as if in the very he, first episode we are explicitly told, "I'm not a family man, Riker." And yet, stuff. He's going to meet children on board. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so you know, you know. So Picard, we're, he's he's like you just said, Philip. In Encounter, he's, he's established pretty firmly being, being being of his own mind and, and being by himself and and not in a in a not common way, not in a traumatic way like most of our other characters we're going to see, like Riker, who lost his mom at the age of thirteen, I think. Um, yeah, I think. it was like something in the teens. And I that think. was in that was in Canada, was, right? <laughs> yeah, she, I think she was uh, attacked by a moose uh, and uh, died. And then uh, he had an, uh, you know an abs- a pretty absentee father. He didn't um, get a transfusion of maple syrup in time. <laughs> Groot uh, Groot refused to go through with the procedure. So um. <laughs> wait, 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 wait! Hold on, hold on, hold on! Is this like a warp Romulan situation? <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly that's what exactly that's what I was referring to. <laughs> but this human will oh, die. Man. Groot. <laughs> Groot. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> Could you indicate on this chart what you're referring to? Uh Yes, we um, know he's actually from Alaska for our listeners that are about to make a comment. So, you know, we get uh, we get the Riker's backstory. Really kind of his only Real backstory um, in the episode. Uh, the Icarus guys. Factor. I'm, I was going to say the Icarus Factor. Honestly, I really was. I really. Yeah, really that's was. what I was going to say. <laughs> no, which is which is always cracks um, me up because in um, a matter of honor, he's he's you know he's telling the Klingon who hasn't talked to his father, but he's your father. <laughs> what kind of? How could you have a bad relationship with your father? What kind of a, <laughs> doesn't talk to their father and then say, like, do what i say not what i do four episodes later like no nah, i haven't talked to him in like 40 years or... <laughs> yeah. yeah so and and then of course we have a very unusual um family well, hold, hold relationship on. Riker with... has mommy issues because i think that's why he's robo robo with the women so i think i think <laughs> you broke up there for a second i was i was, I was censoring <laughs> myself there but i think there was some there was some subspace <laughs> interference. Right. So I, I think we went through an that's ion his storm or something. He, he's looking for some uh, uh, some maternal feminine comfort there, so that's why he's always going around. So that's that's mm-hmm. a theory, uh, which which would make sense to me. I would uh, I could totally buy that. Yeah, no. Well, if you would have mother mom issues if you lost your mom at such a young mm-hmm. age. Of course you would, or you would have issues. I guess probably dealing with women if you didn't have any other sort of feminine influence. So I'm slotting people, daddy issue or mommy issue. So (laughs) who do you got up for me next day? (laughs) Mother side rules. I mean, mother side (laughs) rules. Riker gets slotted in both then, right? At that point. Well, I don't know. Uh, He got over it. But Thomas, man, Thomas never got over it, though. (laughs) Yeah, so he has a pretty unique relationship with his clone, his transporter right. clone. We don't have to really There's dwell only two on it, choices it's there. Just, is it a clone? I, I mean, I would say it's more of like a like a duplicate, duplicate it's clone. A, it's whatever. a, it's a um, temporal nexus, you see. And we're <laughs> I think I think Thomas is the Boba to Williams Django. Is if if I want to put it in Star Wars terms for you, uh, so an unaltered Darren. clone that grew. Okay. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, see, it totally makes Bo- sense now. I get it. See, see, Boba picked a green color for his Mandalorian armor, whereas uh, Thomas <laughs> picks no sideburns for his face. So you see, it's exactly the same. I've been making thing. this rudimentary lathe while y'all have been talking. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, get off the much, line, guy. <laughs> not, not much more. <laughs> oh boy, not much more to say about Riker, but this next guy. And I don't want to spend too, too much time on this, guys, because we have talked about this quite a bit. But Data has lots and lots of family oh. and lots and lots of it's family. It's a lot of quotes <laughs> in that family because when you well, wait. literally build your family. Wait, wait you mean brothers? <laughs> exactly. Well, it's interesting you bring that up, Darren, because that's a point uh, to talk about because I consider. Why well, I brought it up. <laughs> I consider Lol his daughter, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, there's that great scene in The Offspring when literally Picard is like, you should have done this. You should not have done this without telling me, Data. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Does anybody else tell you? What they- <laughs> <laughs> the sass was, he didn't have his emotion chip, but he had his sass chip and salt. That was for sure. <laughs> so as much as, like, it's, it's tough to stretch that analogy across the Data, you know, well, the Soong well, family, they're definitely... A dysfunctional Data family. will be slotted into daddy issues because he is, is like Viger. This is exactly the same. Um, and he, he is searching for – he's always searching for his creator and his purpose because um, he knows, you know, you know, they don't really allude to it a lot. Um, well, it's data lore um, and, and everything. But, like, he is kind of searching for his father, his creator. Um, and so I think when in Brothers he finally finds them, that is sort of a – you know, data does it definitely takes it in, right? That emotionless android, um, and so there is a reaction there. And of course, his brother kills his father, so there's a whole lot of issues there. We're getting very Shakespearean. Right. And then data kills yep. his brother, and then his other brother becomes data from another mother because data. <laughs> <laughs> So really, I think the only important relationships are Lore and well, I think Lore, Lol, and and Soong really yeah. matter. Yeah, I don't. You know, we get the one off with his grandfather. Mom and yeah, that felt like the writers were like, eh, no, no. I throw. I mean, he was a bit of a schizoid man. I'll admit, but <laughs> <laughs> no, he definitely no, doesn't count. That does not count. I mean, I guess it, it counts. It doesn't count as a familiar familial relationship right. to me. It counts as in in the way that he like he's like kind of would not exist without him in, in that kind of a way. But right, and in season eight, I think the cousin Eddie that didn't make any sense at all. I mean, that's <laughs> just. And then and then they brought in cousin Oliver, right. and then it was just it was just too much. So, okay, so Data has uh, serious daddy issues. Um, his brother's evil and lost his daughter fairly quickly after she was created. So he also has some pretty serious family issues. Uh, moving on to who may have the most intense in some ways, but not intense in other ways, but, but probably the most conflicting uh, family issues is Worf. Oh, talk about daddy issues. Well, House of Moog. <laughs> I mean, when your whole society says you have to say House of Moog every time, you're like, that's like reminding you of your failure. I mean, every did time we even get his mother's name or his? I, I hold on. I'll, I'll let me be specific. His biological mother's name. I don't think it's ever really like his mom has never really even 
He says parents, but he doesn't like. He never specifically talks about his mother. I don't think. Does it? Well, I don't think Klingons give birth from the father, so I'm pretty sure he has a mother somewhere. But yeah, no, it's yeah. We don't know anything. I think about it was Worf's bu- <laughs> So Worf Worf loses his parents at a young age um, at Kittimer, which is cool. It's a cool call forward slash back to Star Trek six. Um, but then he gets he gets adopted into like a super awesome family. Like he actually has a very stable family life. Presumably, he grows up. Depending on how you want to fudge the numbers and the continuity, was was his I don't know. He was on a colony for a while until he killed someone in a soccer match and then went back to Earth. I'm trying to reconcile what we know of Worf's, Worf's backstory with uh, what is in that he who was at without don't sin forget his brother from Deep Space Nine. I was going to mention his brother. Because he definitely, uh, yes. 100%, for six seasons, said he had a brother. No, I think he did say it once, but yeah. <laughs> but and he then had, erased he had a- his brother's mind, so he didn't have a brother. <laughs> oh, and then he has a brother-brother. Yeah, I forgot that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, so he has two brothers, right? He's got Kern and he's got uh, Nikolai. But, but to be fair, him and Nikolai seem to have a fairly normal relationship. So it's possible we just didn't hear about him. Right. One breaks it's the possible. prime directive, the other one cleans it up. It's great. But Worf, uh, you know, Worf meets Kern. Kern's pretty cool, I guess. Uh, Worf falls in love on the holodeck. Unfortunately, oh, he gets himself but with a real person. Yeah, with a real person. Not. With a real person. Yeah, got to be clear about that. <laughs> So he kind of develops this wife-ish relationship with Kalar, and then she dies almost immediately thereafer. She gives birth to their they kid. Named. <laughs> we have to mention him, I know. Uh, oh, anyways. <laughs> Man, I thought it was just um, my mic that wasn't working. I don't think the Universal <laughs> Translator picked that up. What, that wasn't uh, the original Klingon. I think the... Uh, I think the Nexus just made its way from North Carolina up here to Virginia, so it's just, it's just that's what's happening. Worf, Worf was his uh, own okay. daddy issue. Yeah, yeah, it was his own daddy issue. And we won't, we won't get too far into it, like Deep Space Nine and how they, they address that stuff later on. We've, we need to keep moving on. Um, Dr. Crusher, an orphan. They don't, something that's not yeah. really talked about, I mean, except... A throwaway line, I think, in Subrosa, which is <laughs> which is why a lot of people don't know it that well. Uh, but she does mention in that that her parents were killed at, when she was a young girl, and that she was raised by her grandmother, um, who had issues her all her own, <laughs> all her own. <laughs> so uh, another orphan, anyways. Um, she also has a dead husband. And uh, traveling and a, son, and a and a lover who brought her dead husband's body to her and her son. That's normal. That's that's fine. That's just, I, mean, like, I feel like well, they could have just beamed it over. I'm sure that now, Beverly Federation Mortuary <laughs> Services. Did the captain really have to? <clears throat> so I'm going to make quick work of just so Troy uh, loses another, her father at a young age. Of daddy issues as. Another set of dad issues. Um, and it would really have been interesting to know the kind of... We see we see him a little bit in Dark Page, right? 
uh, a projection of him anyways. Um, and she names her child after him. Right. It would have been interesting to meet the human male that I don't want to say could put up with Luwaxana, but could keep up. Let's. How about that? Yeah. Let's keep it positive. There you go. Could, that's, that's could keep bad. up with Luwaxana. Well, did they ever say how he died? Uh, was his name no, Ian? Ian? Because he named his... Yeah, I see what you did. I see what you did. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Okay, so she's got a dead, mo- uh, dead right. father. So, so it's she almost also- as if she's looking for this masculine figure who might also be looking for this maternal figure. You know, if only there were people... God, that relationship is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> and a dead so- sister. And she loses her sister at a young she age. She didn't which even know about. She has. Yeah, she didn't even know about. Well, she repressed the memory, if I remember well, correctly. Deanna right? didn't. Yeah. Well, it was, the memory was repressed. Right, Roxana um, repressed it, but Deanna did. I don't think yeah, even she was knew. A, she was a baby. Right, right, right. She was ba- baby Deanna. Yeah. So just rounding out here, Jordy actually has a fairly normal. Um, uh, I, I didn't even put it on the notes here because he actually has the most normal of all of, of the family lives. His, his mom and his dad are both in Starfleet, but they're both alive until they're until she's not. Uh, she's just dies. missing, but that's not- Daniel. She was just listed as missing. <laughs> they never found it's a body. It's been 12 years, Philip. I think we need to give up on the hair. Oh, yeah? <laughs> but I'm that's saying what they going, said about Voyager, going Darren. In- <laughs> that's true. Going but, that, into, but they made it back in seven, so you know that's the statute of limitations on starships nowadays. Oh, you know, going into the show is all I'm saying. Yeah, right? and I, yeah, I think you're right, really, Daniel. Because I mean, when you look at the characters, Jordy was the most well balanced of them all. So I think that explains <laughs> that a stable two parent household brings the most well balanced. <laughs> he had a sister person. too, right? Oh yeah, I think you're right. He did mention his sister, yeah. Yeah, I think oh, his father sister. mentioned him when they're talking about the hair. Interesting. You have a sister. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to round this out, guys. Two more, two more. Wesley, who actually, I think, daddy honestly. Issues. Huge daddy issues. He, well, she, he has daddy issues and mommy issues. He has issues. two daddy he issues. He really does. And yes. second <laughs> double dad who killed his first dad, daddy issues. <laughs> He's got he. This kid has no chance. This, I mean, uh, this kid has he no is chance. When a weird guy shows up in a van and says, "Hey, get in, let's go travel the universe," of course he leaps at the. Of course he leaves. Of course he leaves. Look at this guy. He's got three fingers. He's got this cool like uh, muumu on. Like I'm going with this guy. There's got to be anything phase. better than all what? the kids are phasing nowadays. <laughs> is that what they're calling it? That's what they're calling it. Like I mean, this kid really had no chance, right? He's like, <laughs> you got to think, you've got to think. He's a wonderkind. <laughs> Doesn't matter if That's you send him to the best that. school, you know. It's <laughs> you got to think that it's it's already hard enough when you're the smartest kid in the class, right? In and the it's, quadrant, it's, I'm in sure. the quadrant. Yeah, it takes you how much harder is it to get into Starfleet Academy? I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, hey. Starfleet uh, was just trying to meet their, you know, other alien quota. <laughs> getting the you're saying, you're saying it's affirmative action. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing, and it's because I'm from North Carolina. This is, uh, is going to be very esoteric. But I'm seeing like the commercial, like, 
a less qualified alien got into Starfleet Academy. <laughs> and then it shows, it shows Mordon like smiling and just like waving. No, it shows Mordon like failing at the test and Wesley's like, just do it this way. And he's like, I, yay, I made it in. And then you see Wesley like insulting the other one. He's like, I'm not Mordon, I'm Mendon. And he's like, ooh. And then Wesley... Uh, and then finally, it, it, it wouldn't be a complete round out oh, if gosh. we didn't talk about uh, Ro. Oh, shoot. Oh, Ro. Yeah, Ro yeah, had some, some, uh, some. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's species Ro. issues. Yeah. <laughs> not not Ro. There was somebody um, else. Let me see. Well, Ensign Gates, I thought, had a compelling uh, story arc. Well, you know, we, we didn't talk about O'Brien. O'Brien, I was just going to say. Stable, yeah. Actually, very stable family, didn't he? But hang on, but hang on. They made him learn trombone. Well, and, so, but he got to play with his ship Yeah, models, engineering was a safety uh, course. Trombone <laughs> was his main. Ah, <laughs> oh, shoot, then it's not O'Brien. O'Brien like, did pretty well for applicable, but Well, Guinan, look. Stealing tips is not going to get you Guinan had far. a good father, right? Uh, he would send, apparently send people to check after her in San Francisco. So, uh, you know. What was her limit of husbands? And I she had remember. several like siblings. 23 or something. She had a crazy uncle. Yeah. Yeah, he, she did have a crazy... So that that can't be it either. Who are we missing, guys? Um, who? Well, Pulaski who? had that, you know, relationship with who? Kyle Riker that wasn't creepy oh, Dr. at Pulaski, all. Oh, Dr. right? Look, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that's not a family that thing. That feed into and, Riker's issues, too? Because I really feel it does. Oh, it might have. It definitely might have. And, and you know, um, honestly, she probably had some grandchildren floating around that we never got to meet. Um no, that, that Pulaski was fine. I mean, she was mean, but but she was fine. Uh, who, who who? Oh, you know who it was? Um, oh oh, uh, probably you're talking about Chief Argyle, uh, Macduff. <laughs> Macduff. I would have loved to gone into Macduff's past and find out what makes him tick. No, he just guys, didn't stick I'm, around enough. I'm talking about Sela. Sela? Am I saying that right? Yeah, Sela. Oh, yeah, she had mommy issues. We're going to have to put her in the mommy issue slot. No, let's be fair. Sayla also had both mommy no, and No, she was fine with her I mean, Romulan dad. <laughs> yeah, but you have to think that you do have some buried issues if your father forced himself onto That's not your the mother. story she tells herself. Uh, uh, that's probably true. You're probably true. Anyways, yes, it's Yar. We're going to talk Yar um, real quick. Uh, obviously, she had a really traumatic childhood uh, with the multiple references to. By the way, I don't. I don't know if you guys remember uh, rape Was games. That mentioned? Which, Was that? Okay. Yeah, it sounds pr- pr- <laughs> yeah. pretty terrible. It's Whatever a drinking that is. game. It's mentioned so yeah. much. Yeah. Um, and then she had a little sister that she had to look out for, um, who turned out like Shara. really, really well. Surprisingly, uh, yeah. that's not true. Now, did, now, did uh, they <laughs> mention? I, I mean, you would think they would have to, but I really don't remember. Did they mention parents? I mean, obviously she has them, but I mean. They I probably died in the conflict early on, I would guess. Yeah, because, like, yeah. I mean, I get that, yeah. and I would just maybe be making this is the story maybe I tell myself, but, like, I do get what you just said, Daniel, that it was just her, and I guess her sister, retroactive, um, but um, that <laughs> it was just them, you know, even as young yeah. girls. And the cat from It Alien. was the cat from <laughs> Yeah, so, so I, I really, this is actually really important background, at least for my <laughs> theory my thesis on right. the subject and just uh, very quickly um, i just want to say because this when we did the ready room and talked about the ds9 episode the visitor 
because I was talking about how rare it was that you have Ben and Jake having this actual positive, firm, foundation, family experience. Because TNG, no one had a good for that. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, it's true. There's not a lot of, like, normal, normal um, outside-of-the-crew kind of... Uh, a healthy relationship, I mean, Worf, and it is adoptive it, parents. We're about the healthiest we got, and makes, and really, we've talked about that scene or those couple of scenes in family before, and how much we love them because they're really impactful. They, I, I imagine, they're even more impactful because of how rare they are. Right? It's it's like super rare to just be like there are two loving parents on the ship, like super proud of their kid, and th- that's it. There's no. They're not like inhabited by alien creatures that want to take over the Enterprise. They're just they're just like looking at their kids that are that are pr- you know their parents that are proud of their child who who is literally the only Klingon in the Federation who and is now security chief on the flagship of the of the of the Federation. It's pretty cool. I'm now picturing like a fan edit where it's like it's during the beginning of generations where Worf's getting promoted and like just off to the side on the ship is the Rajankos <laughs> and they're just in normal clothes, just like watching. And they got their like hollow camera and they're like, Worf, look over here. <laughs> and he's like, not now, mother. Do you, do you want Alexander back? Because really, you, I think it's time for you to. Yeah. <laughs> But his dad's uh, arms in a sling. He's like, it's okay. <laughs> but, it's- <laughs> but, you know, it's, I guess I, I really, really did want to talk about th- the background of these characters because I, th- I think that this informs why they become such a tight knit group over the course of the show. So, in the beginning of in, in Encounter at Farpoint, I think. Okay, obviously Picard knows uh, Picard knows Crusher, and then Riker and Jordy seem to have met before. Probably only on Farpoint. Wait, for is this all an official know. report? No, no, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, but but besides that, nobody seems to really know anybody else. And we, in fact, uh, we learned that Picard just first met Data right before that mission, right before they get there, and all good things. Um, so these are it's essentially a, the coming together of these characters. And is it important do you guys think it's important that not important that seems flippant but but do you think it's the reason that we think of them as a family is because these characters are broken and flawed and have these issues and like this is why they fit so well together. They're all as much as people like to think of, of TNG as like uh, you know episode to episode and and not super character driven, but like the reason these characters fit so well together is because they all have these tragic histories, and now they only have each other to go to for Thanksgiving dinner, like we mentioned earlier. <laughs> like like that. I mean, that can bring you together with someone, and then and let's not also forget that these people are presumably the best of the best of the best of the best. This is the most important ship in the fleet. I think they they have friendsgiving um, is what they have. Uh, that's a, <laughs> nice. That's not original, um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, because that is true. I mean, in, for for folks um, who either come from bro- 
bro- I, don't, I don't know what I'm even saying when I say broken, but what could come from broken families, um, or who j- I'll rephrase, who just don't have a good relationship with their families, however you want to phrase that. Um, whether it's, you know, because the family members are all wacko, or they've rejected them, or whatever reason. A lot of times, you just, your friends are your family and like that's my family like my blood relations i don't know who cares about them um because it's my friends who are my real family so i don't think it's to that extreme necessarily with with our folks here on the on the enterprise d but to a certain extent i mean because i think the different thing here about the next generation say compared to tos tos was just five years tng is a continuing mission we don't know how long we'll be together so like five, ten, apparently. Well, it was going great until someone crashed the ship, <laughs> and then everything changed. <laughs> they built these things the last. So yeah, it kind of almost—I don't know why—it made me think of this, but it kind of reminds me of um, like The Office, where mm-hmm. like yeah, they all have weird stuff going on in their own families, but yet you know. As a just because Star Trek's like a work environment. Okay, no, I know it's a stretch. No, what you forced me to do <laughs> no, I, is cast every <laughs> single person in the five seconds. You, I have Picard as Steve Carell as Michael, and then I have Riker smirking his way through, flirting with uh, the counselor over reception. Will they? Won't they? That's awesome. That and then is, you have Worf awesome, telling yeah. Picard, "Did I stutter?" No, 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 no way. Worf is definitely Kevin? Dwight. He is so Dwight. Oh, he takes everything way too <laughs> no, seriously. No, I think Data's Dwight. Data's Dwight, and Worf is um... like Kevin. No, <laughs> no, that would be not. That would be Barkley. Barkley is um the HR guy. Toby. Toby. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Toby. What's um? What's the other guy? It's Angela, um, which I guess I don't know. With Yar, I don't know. So Riker yeah. is Jim. Uh, Troy right. is Pam. Who uh, we're gonna say that uh, Data? Toby. Are you really Toby? Toby's um no, not Toby. That we already said that. What's um? Gosh, what am I thinking? Of? The he's a sales rep. He's the he's the black guy. What's his name? Not the guy Stanley. in the. Not the guy who's down in the shipping area. Stanley. But Stanley. Worf Stanley. Stanley. Hudson. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I, my mind is, like, racing <laughs> thinking about <laughs> uh, TNG parallels <laughs> to the office. Now, yeah, now I just want to edit, like, the intro to Star Trek. We have the music <laughs> in the office. You just have, like, the coming out of the ready room. Oh, my God. There has to be a mashup already. He just puts his tea in the best captain mug he's got yeah he's got his mug oh and then at the end and then there's a shot at the end instead of him like touching little things on his desk he's got that little like you know (laughs) clay thing in a thing where he's just like playing with it on his desk ice linear chip like file he keeps and just like falls over (laughs) and then at the end it just says like the enterprise (laughs) do 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 so no, it's the flagship. Okay, uh, in- internet. Oh man, get on it. We need the the office intro cut with footage from Star Trek: The Next Generation, and we need like, it like in today. all his um. I don't know what they call it, but in all the focals, like uh, Riker just has his leg up every time he's talking to the camera. <laughs> 
He just looks at the camera and smiles his, yeah, his Riker smile. <laughs> no, no, we do that one shot from uh, Measure of a Man where he's like smiling and then he like realizes what it means and then he just like <laughs> it falls from his so face. Does that mean like in sad. the first episode, um, Data would open up the drawer and his head would be in gelatin? <laughs> no, it's cellular peptide cake. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And then there's oh. like the and then the scenes from parallels where they're like surprising him and he's all like unhappy about it. That fits perfectly. No, but there would be a party planning committee for Worf's surprise birthday. <laughs> Run by Mr. Worf. I hate <laughs> surprise parties. <laughs> oh my goodness, this is awesome. I I need if nobody else is going to make it, some I need to make it. This is right. incredible. You give me some clip ideas and I'll so make. So Picard it. would have his characters, right, Daniel? Yeah, so okay, so get actually, you know, honestly actually I'll I'll be honest, you know, we we're kidding. We're joking. But that's actually kind of a brilliant analogy because It was only uh, an analogy, Captain. <laughs> the office has these crazy kooky off the wall characters that uh wait, it's wait, a little wait. different. That means Wesley office- is what's his face? Yes. Oh Ryan. Yes, oh, yeah, BJ Novak. Yeah. Yes, he. Yes, and he becomes like the captain for a day, and then he gets bought out, and he's just like, "Yeah, now I'm just a normal person." Wait, again. does that I'm mean sorry. Ashley Judd is the Mindy character? Um, no, I mean, and it means um, Jellico is that other guy who comes in take over to the like office. take over. Take James over Spader? the office. James Spader. He's James Spader <laughs> for a while. And Admiral Nechev <laughs> is um, what's her face. Jan. 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 It's Jan. Jan. Oh, Jan. Okay, okay. Oh, my God. That makes way more sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, who's, guys. Who's the guy in the shipping oh. area? Um, oh, it'd have to be, no, Chief O'Brien. Uh, that's, um, because he spins off. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Listen, we'll, we need to do a whole episode about <laughs> Star Trek The Office is not the only no, thing. I think we covered it pretty much right there. Uh um, but it is actually a really good analogy because there are these two these these groups of people, you know, that are brought together and they kind of form unknowingly. Really, I mean, it doesn't. It's not like anybody's trying to find this close knit relationship, but they kind of become a family. And you certainly see that, you know, in both of these shows. In The Office, if you haven't watched <laughs> it, you should. It's it's one of the best shows ever made, uh, as well as TNG. Um, you get these moments where the characters interact and. You, you feel good. You, you sense that there's a connection. You sense that they, these characters are together. They are, for lack of a better term or for what we're talking about, they're family. Totally. Like, that's a perfect example, Darren. I did not even realize how perfect it was until we talked about it for 10 minutes. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that actually, actually that's, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, so, so, and of course, guys, we have episodes called family, called brothers. We have episodes about all sorts the of offspring. different familiar relationships. We have the offspring. We have all of these different things. There's all of these different elements running throughout all of uh, TNG. Um, I, I know I'm kind of uh, kind of asking you out of the blue, but can you? What is your favorite? I mean, of course. Yeah, I know. We're all going to mention family. Besides probably. family. <laughs> Besides family. Well, you know, what? what is your favorite theme? Like, Is there like a relationship or um, an episode or a moment that you really kind of c- connect to and say like, oh, that's like 
that is a father moment or that is a, you know, that is a, something that a brother would have or, or, or even, it doesn't even have to be in, fit within, you know, those kind of normal relationships, but you're just like, Hey, Jordy and data, those guys, like they're, they're family, whatever label you want to put on them. First one that comes to my mind is I think it's in redemption part one, the, what where Worf basically leaves to go join Galron because the civil war is starting and so he's in his Klingon garb and he's, and he, and we have the scene where he walks down the corridor and they're like lining the hallway, you know, like send him off. Right. And he's like surprised, you know, that he is, uh, that he's getting this send off. And, you know, that's just, I like that scene and it, you know, it's a bit familiar, familial in the fact that, you know, he's being, you know, like just transitioning and, you know, like a graduation or a, you know, well, it's, He's going, he's going off to war, you know, who knows when we'll see him again next episode. <laughs> that was the, that was the worst, uh, cliffhanger ever. <laughs> um, and it will be see Worf again. <laughs> um, well, see, I think my, and it's not necessarily the best one, but it's the one that comes to mind and it's one y'all have mentioned before, but if you want to go into the brothers sort of, um, it's, uh, ethics with Worf and Riker, um, where you have that scene where Worf mm-hmm. asks Riker to like, kill him. Basically, um, the ritual. Bring me the yeah, exactly. knife. <laughs> and and Riker sort of gives him a talking to that you would only give someone you have a close relationship. You know, I guess it can be said oftentimes you argue with the people you're the most closest to. And so Riker has that argument with Worf that says, you know, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, I think this is stupid, but I respect you. And if that was it, I'd do it. But, you know, and then gives him the thing about your son is the one who has to do it. Yeah. I read the loophole, you know, like Picard yeah. does. I did that. I learned from the best. Paragraph B, <laughs> and I choose the Shelliac. Must kill you, no. <laughs> the Gradada will give you the war. But unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, they'll give you the knife. But unfortunately, they're in their hibernation cycle right now. You'll have to wait six months. <laughs> you know, I was, I was thinking about this too, and I struggled to come up with a title for their relationship. I don't, two scenes really stick out for me. Um, I mean, a lot of scenes stick out for me, three scenes in particular for Picard and, and Riker, right? Um, one of them being the, the um, captain's holiday scene when Riker gives him the Horgon, which is <laughs> super fantastic, right? Uh, the scene where, in Best of Both Worlds, where he's, well, what the hell are you still doing here? Like, that scene is really good. And then I'm going to give uh, Generations props, the end scene of Generations, when it's just Riker and and Picard on the bridge. And I was thinking, like, in in the context of a family, I don't, I don't really know how to uh, define their relationship. They're, it's not father son. Like it's they're way too close in age and respect for that kind of relationship. But I don't know if I would qualify them as brothers either, because there's still that level of like I'm kind of a, your mentor and kind of. But I do consider them friends, but not friends in the way that Kirk and Spock are, say, or the way that Trip and Archer are. So I don't I don't even know how to define the Kirk I'm sorry the Picard and Riker relationship. 
it's actually something very unique, I feel like. And that's why I really, really appreciate I think, it. <clears throat> I, like the, I think the difference between, and you just sort of slipped there, between Kirk and Spock and Picard and Riker is that at the end with Nemesis, when Riker puts on that fourth pip, um, like, they're equals, Whereas when, mm, whereas yeah. I think Captain Spock and Captain Kirk, it's a me- it's a mentor relationship. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, Sorry, yeah, but yeah, and then it, and then when he becomes captain, he's graduating. Yeah, and so then they're equal. So I think Captain Kirk and Captain Spock, even when they're the same rank, were never equal. Um, it was always Kirk is in charge. But when he says, you know, Captain Riker, like they're now equal, and it's and it's sort of that like interesting thing. Well, let, like, think back to, like, uh, All Good Things, right? And and even though Picard is going crazy and retired, you know, Riker still respects him, still looks up to him, still, you know, is willing to kind of go out on a limb for him. So it's, I guess Mentor is probably the best, the closest thing? I don't know. Their, their relationship just seems to be very um, ambiguous. Not ambiguous, but kind of hard to define. Yeah. Yeah, and it's almost interesting because we take it for granted, but, you know, one thing that we criticize sometimes about the movies is it becomes the Picard and Data show. But I'm glad at the Generations, at the end, you know, it could have easily been a Picard and Data scene. Like, we just think, well, of course yeah, it's Picard and Riker. Well, mm-hmm. not according to the rest of the movies, you know. So <laughs> I'm glad that that was a Picard and Riker scene because, you know, there's what's implied there that Captain Picard asked Commander Riker, hey – Will you go into my junked up ready room and help me find this photo album? You know who would he who would he ask? And you know, and so that he asked Will that. You know, sort of does c- cement there. And even the the line when when Riker says, you know, I'd always thought I'd get a crack at this chair. It's like he he does. He wants to follow in the footsteps of Picard. God, when will uh, will you retire, old man? Oh, okay. <laughs> Remember you that time why? I had the chair when you were a Borg? Boy, that was a great week. <laughs> Best week ever. <laughs> you ask while I'm still here is because I thought you were going to retire two years ago. Yeah. Come on, yeah. man. You know, you know, you <laughs> take this golden parachute and just You know how jump. Prince Charles must feel um, with Queen Elizabeth? That's pretty much Riker's existence as first officer of the Enterprise. It's like, like dear Lord, <laughs> you won't die. <laughs> You know, I actually like Riker as a character in relation to a lot of other characters as well, even though we don't get too far in depth with it. But, like, Riker's relationship with Data and Riker's relationship with Worf are very brotherly to me. Um, Riker likes to jab them. He likes to make fun of them. But he also, I mean, you know, as as far as he can in his capacity as first officer, um, but he's also very, you know, think of the poker games, right? It's usually Riker trying to teach... Data oh, and maybe Worf something and 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 like, you know, he gives just, Data a nickname literally the moment he meets him. Yeah, yeah. That's because Riker was the George Bush School of Leadership. Hey there, Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call you Vizy. So the Forge. Vizy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call you One Eye. <laughs> uh, so I just wanted to mention that. Is there anything else as far as specific character relationships that you guys? You know, want to well, mention? I mean, I think, and I don't know. I, I've maybe bordering on on sexism here, but I, but I think the the Troy Beverly sisters, um, probably because they're the only girls or only women. You know, like you know, when they're doing their uh, workout and all that stuff, gym buddies. 
But they didn't invite, you know, Pulaski to do the workout right. with them. Or, or Yar, apparently, during the first year. So, um, <clears throat> yeah. It is, yeah, it's, it's t- you know, it's really tough because you see that one scene and you actually kind of see a friendship there. I mean, that scene is like kind of poor, it's kind of weak and thin and poorly written, but you definitely get the chemistry that those, because those, those women were probably friends at that point. And, but it's like, you can see that, that if they had developed that relationship from the, from the beginning, like as an actual relationship, they could have been like super awesome best friends on par with Jordy and Data or, or anybody else really in, in yeah, I mean, Trek. like I'm almost picturing like what would the family tree look like here. It's like you have Picard and Beverly are sort of the parents. Riker's the really cool uncle. Um, and then I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Plays the trombone. Yeah. Tosses yeah, your teaches hair. Teaches you poker. <laughs> talks about the ladies. Um, but yeah, I don't know how you do the rest of them, but yeah. They're all crazy oh. uncles. Worf takes you on crazy holodeck adventures, you know, with Skeletor. And <laughs> well, one of the last things I wanted to, t- to talk about was um, the behind-the-scenes aspect of this. Um, the Next Generation, famously, I think, has the crew, the group of people that seems to have the most fun on and off the camera. Right? Um, you know. You know, TOS, TOS mostly focused on Kirk and Spock anyways, so it wasn't like an ensemble show. It was just, it was the Kirk and Spock and occasionally McCoy show, and then, you know, the rest of them showed up, which is fine. That's just how TV was done back then. Um, then we came, you know, so it was like, you know, it was, it was as far as behind the scenes go, it was Nimoy and, and Shatner, and that's who it was. And then uh, TNG comes along, and then, Deep Space Nine splits and Voyager splits and Enterprise does something different too. But you watch these guys at a convention. I mean, we have all seen the the videos and and the the articles and all of this stuff about you get the you get those people up on stage and it's magic. I mean, it really is. It's they're having fun. They're they're going crazy. And we've heard the stories right about Patrick Stewart being really uptight, stiff-lipped in the first season. And literally, these are the people, like, we can thank Brent Spiner and Michael Dorn and Marina Sirtis for making Patrick Stewart a fun guy, who he is now known as, right? He's known as a fun guy because of, of his experiences on that show. Uh, so we, we love these characters, but these actors, they must, they had to have brought that to the screen, right? That's got to be an element of it. Yeah, and, and it's, you know, as the years go by and we hear more and more and more and more and more stories about, you know, the tumultuous behind-the-scenes stuff, it's almost amazing that they are all war-friendly. Because, I mean, those experiences could have, you know, they could have still done the show seven years and four movies, but they may not have been that close. You know, with, with Gates leaving, coming back, leaving, you know, I'm sure that would have peed me yeah. off. And I wouldn't have, you know, what, I mean, nothing against the other actors, but... It seemed like they bound together yeah. rather than like, I mean, what if one had been like, I'm going to just further my career at the expense of everyone and just became like that guy, you know, and everyone just, they didn't seem to be infighting. Right. Yeah. And, and I don't know. Cause I mean, I don't want to make TNG too unique um, because, you know, every cast went through its own trouble, trials and tribulations. Um, but, but for whatever reason, 
the TNG crew, and I don't know if it was just their own unique circumstances, having to battle the expectations of being the next Star Trek um, that nobody thought could ever be done again. And having to go through those first two to three years with Denise leaving and Gates leaving, coming back, and then Kate and everything else. But that, that common cough enterprise brought them together and, you know, they like they could have gone for several years, you know. It could, could, could have been an eight, as we joke, but it could have been serious, um, eight or nine, maybe. Um, but you know, in four movies, that that they still wanted to, to be together, and that they're still, as you say, I mean, look, they could have easily just done, hey, it's a paycheck. Once this is done, we're we're done. But doing the conventions together still, I mean, it really shows that they're still together. You know, especially if you, I mean, if you guys remember. Um, I'm sure you two will remember, I hope, um, that I'm not just making it up. No, but but a few years ago, not too long ago, but one or two years ago, um, there was a convention, right, where they had Will Wheaton on the stage, right? And he was talking about leaving the show, and and he, he was, like, kind of pouring his heart out on stage. And, and it was with, I think, like, most of the crew. It wasn't everybody, but it was, uh, I think Jonathan was there, and Michael and, and uh, Marina were there, and then, like, you know, he was like, oh, it was tough. It was tough. You know, I always felt part of this family. And and they were like, yeah, you, you were and you still are. And it's like, it is a unique relationship. Um, and as far as I can tell, it's a unique relationship in Hollywood. It was just like the perfect, with lightning in a bottle casting. And it was like the perfect people to put in these roles. And, and they did fabulously. And, and I think it only enhanced what we saw on screen. And, it, you know, you know Patrick and from Patrick and Jonathan all the way down to 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 Will and and uh, and Dwight Schultz. It was uh, you know <laughs> no it was really it was just good casting and and, and it, just good chemistry on the set really makes a huge. I mean every time difference. Barkley would come onto the bridge and Captain Picard would be like not now. And then, you know, and then... Not <laughs> <laughs> right now, Mr. Barkley. All right, everyone can stay except Barkley. Oh, man. <laughs> no, 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 Captain Picard, you, you have to let me on the... <sighs> <laughs> no, but... All right, well, guys, I mean, and I think it sets the tone. Good, I mean, that... Or I hope it does. I mean, because I, I, I like to think, if I can be uh, very pretentious for a moment, I think the tone that the TNG cast sets, not just the episode, not just the series, but the cast, is the tone that we have here of, of being able to be professional, but also to have a lot of fun about it. And I think that's hopefully a very contagious thing for fans of TNG. Yes. And, you know, and a big thing that came out when the, when the Blu-rays were coming out um, – which you can find all of this on YouTube. You guys should look it up. Like the the outtakes, oh of, yeah, on the TNG we've set. We've never like, seen outtakes really. <laughs> these people looked like they were having so I much fun. I did not fun. play with little boys. <laughs> <laughs> That's still the best one. <laughs> that one was good, and also um, you can call me Dick. <laughs> that one was really good from yesterday's Enterprise. Um, but no, but like I mean, these people were having a blast. And by all accounts, um, you know they would t- they'll tell stories at these conventions where they would get in trouble with the directors because they would just be goofing off and dancing on the set and like just having fun. And that shows through a lot of times. It really shows through. And and uh, I just wanted I really wanted to talk about that because it's um, you know every Star Trek has their strengths. We 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 love all Star Trek here for sure. 
and one of one of TNG's greatest strengths for sure like without a doubt is the is the cast like we have just an amazing and I don't even think really any cast has a weak a cast but but it's just TNG stands out in a lot of ways because I think because of the chemistry that that the actual uh, you know the actual actors had with each other. Let's do uh, any okay. Any other final thoughts? What do you, what do you what do you think, Philip? Yeah, because I, I think it's interesting, sort of the cross purposes of the behind the scenes friendship. Because of course, not always, but for the most part, TNG is a very serious show, um, and and that you know, especially Picard, very professional, very distant from his crew, even though he did mellow a little bit in the later years. Um, but everyone always has their own dynamics and uh, of how. You know, and not to be too deep, but everyone has their role in a family. You know, some person's the peacekeeper, some person's the leader, some person, you know, whatever. And so you have the Riker. You know, I remember Data's Day where, where Data's describing Riker as being, you know, very affable and very charming and, you know, the way he deals with people. And, and but everyone has their sort of role in the family. And, and even though they're very unique personalities, I mean, even Worf, who we think is very, you know, tech turn and, all he wants to do is shoot phasers, but he has a, a role with everyone. He has a tea ceremony with Pulaski. He has a you know thing with Troy. He, you know he has a you know <laughs> uh, he and Data don't get a lot together, but but the scenes they have are usually very funny because it's always like the two most alien people of that ship talking about like man humans be weird. Um, and so I mean, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I just want to say that actually one of the moments that I love way before the Torf thing became a thing, uh, was the, you, can you be my child's godparent essentially, which was, it just, it showed that there was a relationship there. That's I just wanted to say that because that is actually a part of their characters before, you know, maybe before they jumped the shark. Well, even, bit. and this is, I know this is going to be kind of random, but I'll pull this one out. Um, in theory, when Data is going to every crew member and asking about romance, like I think that's you can see that is almost probably the best episode to show the dynamic with everyone. I mean, it's maybe how they relate to Data, but everyone's res- like even Worf is is telling Data, you know, giving him romantic advice. You know, they're all you see to me. That's a very uh, the epitome or or a good example of that family dynamic. What about you, Darren? Yeah, no, I think this is a was a fun topic because. You know, we see a lot of the next gen, you know, cast just, you know, on screen and off. They're just, yeah, they they were in the trenches in this wacky doodle time, and they, you know, pulled it all together. And and I think a lot of that foundation leads to, you know, what a lot of people love best about Star Trek. You know, it's, you know, Star Trek is a unique flavor. Um, and the way those relationships are done is part of what Star Trek is, you know, versus space fights or, you know, Jedi mysticism or, you know, whatever ends up being in your, in your cup of tea. So yeah, I definitely say it's, it's a very important thing that these people at this time, you know, were portraying these characters and we got something great. That's what he said. <laughs> that is what I said. Oh, I really, really need to see this this <laughs> the office opening with the with the TNG. Um, yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree with you guys more. Um, but you know, you know what it is, guys. We here at Trek FM, you know, we're kind of a family, and uh, yeah, we have all all of these different hosts talking about all these different topics and all these different shows. 
And believe it or not, uh, you know, you know, TNG is not the only thing we've been talking about. So uh, you can check out our brothers and sisters on all of these other podcasts uh, and take a listen at what you may have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.FM, Standard Orbit. And the Slaver Weapon's the only episode of the original with uh, no Kirk in it. No, I'm not there no yet. Spoilers, jeez. Wait, there's no Kirk in that? I, 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 no. I didn't even know. I'm going to have to it, check that it out. It completely takes place starting off with the shuttlecraft and only the people that are in the shuttle. Earl Grey. Contraction-free, it soon's guarantee. <laughs> I've got to get married? <laughs> no. The Orb. Well, apparently, and did you find this interesting, Matthew? Apparently... The Navark reports directly to the prophets. Which is awkward because they don't always show up for meetings, so... Right. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, you never know what time the meeting is really going to be, right? That is true. It could have been yesterday, and you might have missed it. The Ready Room. Do you think this episode would have been so popular and remain a fan favorite if the Enterprise had been overrun with zebra mussels? <laughs> <laughs> to the journey! It's, it's so average American. It's like Joe Smith. And no offense to Joe Smith, it's just, I could have tried a little harder. I mean, come on. Might as well call her Jane Doe. So far, not off to a good start. So far, I'm judging you, Shark. Give me a moment. Give me a moment. Commentary, Trek stars. He just went into so much research about the details of putting together, like, the historical context of this show that it was really sort of astounding. The 602 Club. The young adult novels have their own um, framing devices that tie in to The Force Awakens. And I think that if they had uh, put those front and center, maybe even expanded one of them uh, or what have you, I think that would have served the strategy better. I definitely do. Literary treks. Well, that really is the bottom line, you know. And, and I think it's particularly uh, difficult with this group of characters because in some ways you're looking at folks who literally are the brightest and the best, right? So um, in some ways we need them not to have feet of clay. We need them to be so much better and stronger than we are so that we have something to shoot for. Women at Warp. There's always a touchstone, and this was as close to a touchstone as they ever got with Pulaski. Plushy bang, Dreyker's dad. Oh, Andy. I'm sorry. I just think it's so funny. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows to get in on the Daily Trek Talk. You'll find them in iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows Podcast Directory for Xbox and Zoom. Visit the Trek.fm website for the full Trek experience. You can view our podcast directory to stream the audio from all of our shows. If you would like to contact us, just go to Trek.fm slash contact. From there, choose Message to a Trek FM Show and select Earl Grey. These messages will be relayed by Starfleet to the three of us. In social media, you'll find us on Facebook.com slash Trek FM or join our Facebook listener discussion group called The Babel Conference. Find it by searching The Babel Conference on Facebook. Now let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor this week, Audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. This is the premier source for audiobooks, with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers, and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. 
Now, as a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice, along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and Trek FM. There's one more way you can directly help us to keep Earl Grey coming to you each and every week, and that's through becoming a patron of Trek FM. By visiting patreon.com slash trekfm, you can choose among various pledge levels and receive rewards for becoming a Trek FM patron. These rewards let you inside the observation lounge of our network and make it possible for us to distribute all our great content. So please become a patron and visit patreon.com slash trekfm today. All right, Darren, if people want to play catch with you, where would they find you? Oh, they can find me talking about sports ball on Twitter under username Dr. Sci-Fi. <laughs> That's D-R-S-C-I-F-I. And Philip, if people need uh, if people need a ride after school, how would they get a hold of you? Um, well, they can uh, call their mom, um, and then they can tweet me at uh, Twitter. My handle is NC Public Servant. That's NC for no carpooling. Uh, yeah, and uh, and if people need directions in Scranton. Uh, Pennsylvania, <laughs> they can find me uh, on Twitter as well. I'm at one up Dan. Well, guys, somebody has put all of the pads on the bridge into Jello, so I'm gonna have to spend like an hour getting these out of here. So uh, we will catch you all next week on Earl Grey. Engage. Live long and prosper. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Fire. <laughs> <laughs>